Everyone has an opinion when it comes to having a baby and raising kids. Just get the epidural. There's no prize for doing it natural. In my day, we just let the baby cry until they settle themselves down. Have you tried sage oil? And so many more comments, most of them unsolicited. Welcome to the Birth and Parenting Things podcast. My name is Kim, and I've got opinions too. I'm kind of an expert on birth. I've also managed to raise three babies into young adults. I'm here to offer evidence-based information, stories, personal experiences on birth, parenting, and everything in between. So let's do this. All right, I'm recording. Hopefully all my children will stay in their places and not interrupt me. Ugh, I love them. Anyways, so I thought I'd start today by talking about uh, kind of the reason why this podcast is a day late. Um, I'm recording it a day late than I usually do because my life exploded. I, um, I normally, I, this week, usually I sit down on Sundays and I'll like plan out my week, sometimes Saturday night and I'll plan, or sometimes Friday actually, and plan out my next week. And this week looked really good. Like I only had a couple things to do and I had some space and whatnot, some big chunks of space in my schedule to, you know, record this podcast, um, do some, uh, video recordings for classes that I'm trying to do online, which I'm very excited about. And, you know, it all looked good. And then Sunday, so that was Friday night, I was feeling like really hopeful. And then Friday night, power went out. Okay. Power went out for four hours, five hours, didn't come on to like 1.30 in the morning. And I thought, oh, I, I spent the whole time you know, stressing and wondering, because I teach on Saturdays, I spent the whole time like stressed out wondering, you know, am I going to have to go to my mom's to record or, or to do my my virtual class? You know, what is the food in the fridge going to do? You know, all of that stuff. So at one thirty in the morning, everything kind of the power came back on. And how do I know it came back on? Because the entire house lit up like a bloody Christmas tree. Suddenly everything was on. The lights were all on. <laughs> The TV was on, everything was on. So it's pretty much didn't sleep after that. Then Saturday taught all day. Uh, Saturday night was actually pretty good. Um, I did get woken up on Sunday by my uncle. So if I haven't really sort of delved into the whole thing with my uncle in the past, I, I think I've talked a little bit about, you know, being in the sandwich generation, but my uncle Harry is uh, 78 years old, 78, 79. I think he's 79 now. And he is, his wife passed about, actually, I guess it'll be three years this August. His wife passed. He has COPD, so he has chronic uh, obstructive pulmonary something, disease. And so he's on oxygen. He can't leave the house because of corona. Um, he is really basically he has no they have no children um i'm the only me and my mother are the only other living relatives uh in the country anywhere so it's sort of been i did not intend this um but it's sort of been you know i was just trying to be nice actually <laughs> but what ended up happening is now i'm his primary caregiver i was given the task of being the uh what do you call it uh medical proxy, uh, medical guardian, 
no, power of attorney, uh, medical power of attorney um, in case anything should happen. But that sort of delved into, you know, taking care of this uh, elderly gentleman who doesn't live in a home. He lives in his own house um, and it, it has been doing, you know, okay. But he, my God, he is so set in his ways and he's kind of anal retentive and kind of driving me insane. So on Sunday, he called about something. I don't even remember what. And then Monday, I called, I usually call him on Mondays um, to get his grocery list because I grocery shop for him as well. And I think he called about, so Monday was going to be one of my, you know, big days that I could do stuff. And I think he ended up calling like three more times, um, worried about his phone. Um, he has landline, worried about his landline because that's what his uh, uh, lifeline, his I've fallen and I can't get up button. And so he called, I think that was so Sunday, that's why he called. Sunday he called because he wanted to uh, order new phones because he was worried that his phones were broken and were not going to, you know, that was going to leave him up a creek uh, with his lifeline. Now, I was pretty sure his phones weren't broken, but they certainly were ancient. So I thought, okay, well, we'll get you new phones. It's whatever. He can afford it. So get him new phones. I go grocery shopping on Tuesday. He calls me like two more times on Tuesday for, again, whatever. I don't know. And then on Wednesday I go. I usually go physically see him on Wednesday and drop off his groceries. So I go and I bring him his new phones. I order them through Amazon and I go to set them up. So I'm setting them up and stuff. And as I'm, as I'm taking the old phones down, so he lives in an extremely small house. I mean, the whole thing up top must be maybe 800 square feet, two bedrooms. Well, actually one bedroom and a den and living room, kitchen, dining room. That's it. That's the extent of it. Cause he never goes downstairs. So as I'm he's got three phones, one in the living room or dining area, one in the den where he watches TV and one in his bedroom. And the, so the one, so I start taking them all down and I'm, and I'm setting up the new ones. Now, of course they need time to charge, but there's batteries in them. So, okay. So as I'm, as I'm putting the new ones up, he's like scrambling to like pack up all the old ones. I'm like, okay, honey, we'll get there. Don't worry about it. But he's like fussing and scrambling and scrambling. I'm like, okay. So one of the reasons why um, they didn't, why he was worried they weren't working is because through his bell answer, I couldn't remove the message. So I couldn't delete the message. For some reason, every time I press the button to delete it, like the seven button, um, it wouldn't delete. So when I set the new phones up, I tried to call to erase this message, assuming that it was the phone that was, you know, causing the issue. Well, of course, I can't delete it. It has to be done on Bell's end. So I phone Bell. Oh, and in the meantime, he says to me, so can you make it like it only rings like three times and I and I can't get to it. Now, keep in mind, it literally sits beside him, this phone. I don't know where he thinks, you know, I guess when he goes to the bathroom, if somebody happens to call, but whatever. So I, uh, I set it up so that the phone will pick up. No. So he says, 
Um, when your when your mother set up the answering machine, because when my aunt died, he wanted the message changed because it said, you know, his name and, and it was by her. But I didn't want to do it. <laughs> so my mom, my mom did it for him. And, uh, and when when she did it, you know, it, it, it rings six times. I don't understand why why it's only ringing three now. And I go, okay, well, let me let me have a look at it. So I called Bell to get them to erase the the message and, and get everything sort of reset. And then he's, he goes, well, you know, you have to make it ring longer. And I go, okay, I'll do that. So I push like star 98 or yeah, star 98, no, 94 to change the amount of rings. And I set it up for nine. But what happened is, <laughs> I guess I didn't remove the answering machine part from the actual phone itself so it was just hanging up he's like well I don't understand how come we can't do it your mom was able to do it like we maybe we can talk to her I'm like okay I'm sorry so you're basically asking me to contact the most untechnical woman on the planet a 78 year old woman who really just falls into things that are working you know technically by accident um sure let's let's give her a call I didn't um, so I turned off all the answer machines on the phone and then I reset it to six. So as I'm calling from my cell phone to his home phone to see if it's going to, the answering machine is going to pick it up, he, it gets to like six rings and he's like, okay, now, now, now push the answering machine, push the answering machine button. I go, what are you talking about? You have to push the answering machine button for it to pick up. I'm like, uh, what madness are you talking about? I don't know what you're saying. I said, no, no, just give it a second. And of course, the answer machine from, through Bell picked it up and I left a message. And then we went and we got the message and all. He's like, well, I don't understand. You have to push the answer machine button. I'm like, okay, I don't know what you're saying. I don't understand what you're saying. All the stuff is done through Bell through these, you know, star 98, star 94 buttons. And he's like, okay, okay, fine, whatever. I'm like, okay, great. So then everything is sort of packed up to go out to, you know, the electronic garbage, whatever. Um, and there's two books. So these new phones, these Panasonic phones came with two books. One is, and keep in mind, my uncle is ridiculously Scottish. He's lived in this country since like 1954, I think. But he still sounds like he just stepped off a, you know... A, a trawler in Glasgow, but he, so there's two books, there's two information books or whatever. One is in French and one is in English. So everything is all packed up and I put the French manual into the, into the box to go out. And he goes, no, no, I'm going to keep that. And he puts it down and I go, well, no. And I pick it up. I go, this is a French one. So I put it inside and then he's like sitting there for a second. He goes, no, no, no. He's like, fiddling and putting more stuff away. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to keep this. I'm like, Uncle Harry, it's French. You don't speak French. You barely speak English. You can't, this book is not going to, this is the English one over here. You keep this one. Oh, well, okay. All right, fine. No problem. Um, so then he calls me. I leave. I said, everything is all set up. He calls me and he says, there was a message and I can't get it. And I go, okay, I don't understand what you're saying. Why can't you get the message? What's going on? He's like, well, it's not, I can't. And I go, okay, first off, please use your words. What are you saying? 
well, there's a message and I can't get it. I push the button and it, and it, nothing's happening. I go, what button are you pushing? Like, what is happening here? So I don't know how he got his messages before. I said, well, how did you get your messages before? He goes, well, I pushed the button. And I go, what button? They're literally handheld. You have to dial in star 98 and then it prompts you. So I said, well, you have to do star 98. Well, okay, I don't know. All right, I'll try. So then I don't hear from him for hours and I assume it worked. So then he calls around three o'clock. Now I work on Wednesday nights. He calls around three o'clock. And so this is primarily why I didn't actually get anything recorded on Wednesday. Um, So he called Wednesday around three o'clock. I didn't catch you, you know, going into work, did you? Did I? And I go, well, no, my, I don't start teaching until 6.30. Oh, oh, okay. So he starts, he goes, can you get me something from, are you taking your son to work on tomorrow? And I go, yeah, I take him to work. He goes, can you stop at the button bend? So this is a Scottish bakery for those that don't know, for those in Bermuda. Um, And it's a Scottish bakery and they sell, you know, Scottish stuff. So he, he goes, he asked me to get him four square slice. I'm like, I, what are you saying? I don't, like, I speak English and he speaks English, but neither of us know what the hell the other person's talking about. He goes, well, it's, it's the thing. I go, again, please, can you learn descriptive words? Can you tell me what it is you're saying? So I go, fine, whatever. Uh, and I had been taking a nap at this point. So I had had, I had had a massive headache. I was in such a bad mood all day. So I, uh, I thought I'd go for a nap. And of course, as soon as I lay my head down and I'm sleeping for like 15 minutes, the phone rings and it's him. So I'm like, okay, look, I'm just going to write that down and I'll go in and, and assume that the Scottish people in there will know what the hell I'm talking about. So he places an order for four, four square slice. And, uh, and I'm thinking, all I can think of is pizza. Like uh, all I'm thinking of is, you know, a, a square slice of pizza. That is not what it is. Um, and he orders potato scones and some buns. And at the time, I'm like, is he going to want the regular baps or is he going to want the burnt ones? Because they actually have burnt ones. They're dark. They're practically burnt. Scottish people eat the weirdest goddamn crap. So I did not ask. And I thought, you know what? I'm probably going to regret regret not asking this question, but whatever. So I let it go. So I take my, so I get up t- today, um, Thursday, and I'm scrolling through Twitter to get my, you know, general, get, get out all my general crap, um, all my, all the stuff I like to fight over and, you know, take politicians to task and, you know, shut people down and just be a general rabble rouser on Twitter. Um, and at like 8.01, yes, I'm still in bed at 8 o'clock, okay? I have not slept all week long. I have been up constantly. Um, so I took took a gravel, <laughs> took a gravel and some Tylenol last night, and I got like a 90 sleep score, so that was really good. But at 8 o'clock, I was still sort of lying in bed, having a wee lie-in is what I was doing. And the phone rings as I'm 
siphling through Twitter. I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding? Eight o'clock? It's already starting. Now, keep in mind, I don't talk to him on Thursdays. Thursdays are my day to record and get work done. And my mom usually calls him. Now, my mom has basically written it off that she's not calling him ever again, unless I specifically say, um, because that's just what she's doing. Like, can I help you with anything? She'll say, well, you can give him a call. Okay, that's unhelpful, but thanks. So he asks if, now keep in mind, on Wednesday, on Tuesday, no, Wednesday, we had talked about um, his care workers, his personal support workers come in, a nurse comes in on Tuesdays, and a housekeeper comes in on Wednesdays, uh, sorry, Thursdays. And I said, when they come in on Thursdays, because I had hoped that they would do laundry on Tuesdays, and then I could take it out of the dryer when I go on Wednesday. But they won't do that, it seems, even though I've asked like multiple times. So they're going to do it on Thursdays. And I said, well, is that fine? Can you just leave your clothes in the dryer until I get there the week later? Like, do you need any of this stuff? Like, I know he's got drawers of underwear and clothes and stuff. He basically wears one outfit all week. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, okay, but no. So he calls this morning and says that, you know, can I come on Friday? Can I do 15 minutes on Friday and and come by and take his laundry out? And I go, what do you mean take your laundry out? Keep in mind, I'm still half asleep anyways. What do you mean? What are you talking about? He goes, take the laundry out. They're going to do the laundry today. I'm like, okay, but I said that if they, they're going to put it in the dryer, right? Like I, it can't sit there in the washing machine. It has to go in the dryer. And he's like, yeah, yeah. So that entire conversation we had on Wednesday about it being left in the dryer for a week, that apparently is not happening anymore. Okay, great. So at this point, I hang up. He's, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I have to check my schedule. I don't know what's going on. And so I said, yeah, I guess I can drop by after I drop my son off at work on Friday because I have to go help my mom out too to put her vacuum together. Okay, so this is the moral of all this is basically, you know, the sandwich generation. I am again, stuck in the, I am the baloney in the middle of a sandwich with one bread being my elderlies and one, the other bread being my children. And I kind of, this morning, you know, after I hung up from him, basically went into the bathroom and almost burst into tears, just like, I can't manage this anymore. Like I can't, I don't know how much more I can do of being pulled in 800 million different directions. And don't get me wrong, like, I love looking after my children. And I love, you know, looking after my mom. And yes, I like my uncle very much. He's a he's a really great guy. And he's, you know, he's been given, you know, a bit of a, a crappy end. Um, you know, this was not his wife dying was not the way it was, she was significantly younger than he was, um, but got cancer. So, you know, that was never the way things were supposed to be. So I, I understand, and I'm, I'm absolutely not, you know, I'm not complaining. I'm a little complaining, but I'm not, I don't regret, you know, taking this on. But 
it just gets to a point as parents where, especially as our children get older, our children get older, but still need us desperately. And our elderlies get older and need us even more than they did in the past. And here you are, you know, and you know, maybe you're like me and you're a single parent and you don't have the support of a partner or, you know, other family that can help out and things like that. And yeah, now you're, now you're being pulled in 800 million different directions and it's exhausting. And how do you manage that? It's so hard. So how am I managing it? I don't know. I vented, I called my mom on the way home from drop, from going to the button bend and dropping my son off at work and, and, and yelled at her, well, not yelled at her, but yelled, um, to her and asked if I was supposed to go over there later today, actually, to help her put her vacuum together. But I said, you know, let me, if I can do this Friday, that would be easier. So it shouldn't take me that long to put it together. I'm pretty, I'm pretty mechanically inclined, thanks to my dad. And great. And she's like, yeah, no, that's no problem. That's okay. But I think it's important to, you know, look. So I vented to my, my friends and they're like, but you have to prioritize you. You have to do, I'm like, I get that. But I mean, how do you, she goes, you need to say no. Like, okay, well, how do I say no to a lonely old man who's basically been stuck inside forever, like over a year and a half, can't go outside, can't, you know, do much of anything, living a lonely existence. He doesn't read. He's, we got him an iPad. He does not know how to use it. He can't wrap his head around that technology. Um, he basically just has his television, which obviously, you know, on a regular basis, he's sitting there watching it, CP24 on a loop, watching all the, the crazy crap that's going on in the world. It's like, how do I say no to somebody who has nothing in their lives? So it's been a week. <laughs> it's been the week from hell, but I am desperately determined to carve out time for myself um, to, you know, kill anybody who is going to walk into the room <laughs> while I'm recording and actually try to, you know, get some classes recorded so I can actually start making some money. Um because honestly, this is the, I think that's the big thing. Like I'm not sitting here looking for, you know, some me time or, you know, some self-care or things like that. What I'm looking for is time to actually sit down and, and actually create content for making money so I can pay my bills. <sighs> Anyways, so after 20 minutes, this is the, this is the diatribe I have is, you know, try and make sure that, you know, what's important to you that you're actually carving out time for that. And, and it's important for parents to, to not lose themselves in that existence of being in the sandwich generation. I mean, maybe you're, you're just have a young baby and that's the only, you're, you're looking at an open face sandwich at this point. Your elderlies are not at a point where they need sort of extra special care and that's great, but there will come a point in time where you will have to have both your children and your elderlies to look after. And you got to make sure that you're not, you know, suffering as a result of that, because it can get incredibly overwhelming. Each day I write down in a journal, I missed one week this week, but each day I write down in a journal, um, 
how I'm going to go. So I wake up in the morning and I write down today I feel. And a lot of what's been happening this week is today I feel overwhelmed and I feel overwhelmed because of XYZ. And then I write today I will and not try or blah, 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 because there is no try. There is only do and do not, right, Yoda? So I will XYZ. So today was I will not be, or I will, I can't remember actually what I wrote, but put forth that positive energy to, you know, when I am feeling overwhelmed, just putting forth that positive energy to create that, um, environment and that space in my head to actually be productive and positive and moving forward in my business, in my day, in my life. Um, client recently, a new client recently told me, um, they had called and, uh, the partner had called and was asking about, it sounded like the mucus plug had been lost and what was happening. And then the next, and I spoke to them, I was like, yeah, no, it just sounds like the mucus plug, you know, is this happening? Is that happening? Okay. Yep. You know, and I always preface, you know, if you're worried, then obviously you want to let your care provider know, but for the most part, it, it that's kind of what it sounds like. So the, um, at that point then, I guess the next time I spoke to them, which was like a couple days later, um, the dad said, you know, you're basically crisis management. And I was like, yeah, I guess I am like that. As a doula, I, that's especially a virtual doula. That's pretty much what I am is crisis management. And as a parent, as a mom, as the baloney in this sandwich generation, yeah, I'm constantly putting out fires. I'm constantly trying to talk people off a ledge. I'm constantly, you know, trying to make things, you know, calm and smooth for everybody and make sure that everything is going as planned or at least as close to plan as possible. And I guess that's what we do as new parents. And that's what we do as, you know, moms and parents. So yeah, I'm crisis management, <laughs> crisis management in a, and I'm in, in a crisis. Uh, well, all right, 25 minutes in, this is not what I, what I intended this, uh, topic to be about. Oh yeah. And in the middle of all this, as I opened up my phone to, uh, check what my topics were, I'm only going to do one topic today. Cause obviously I'm not, I'm gone in way into, I don't want this to be a really long, uh, podcast. Um, but I opened up my blood pressure. So my blood pressure has been kind of overwhelmingly high lately. Um, granted I had stuck. Yes, I'm over 50. So I have high blood pressure. Um, I'm also overweight. So I have high blood pressure. I also eat like a 21 year old frat boy. So I have high blood pressure, but I have medication for it. So it's okay. But it only works if you actually take the medication. So I had stopped taking my medication, which is ridiculous because I literally take one pill. So how can I forget to do that on a daily basis? But I do do it on a daily basis. So there you go. Anyways, I've started taking my medication again, and my blood pressure is actually really good, so that makes me happy. Check that crisis off the list, because God knows I don't have time for a heart attack, and I don't have time for any other health issues at this point in time, knock on wood. So 
the topic today uh, was going to be, or is going to be, I'm going to talk a little bit about it. I'm not going to get too sort of deep into this, but it's a, it's a topic I feel really, really passionate about. It's a topic that I feel, which I'm surprised it's taken me this long to actually write about it or talk about it, but it is skin to skin contact um, with your baby after birth. So I think skin to skin for the most part is pretty much the be all and end all of everything in birth. Like if you can't get the birth that you want, if everything goes awry, if you just don't know what to do with this baby, skin to skin, this is going to be the cure all for everything. Um, it's like breast milk. Well, it's just, if it doesn't work, let's squirt a little of breast milk on it and see what happens. Well, if baby's not, you know, settling down, if baby's not happy, if things are not going right, then let's put that baby skin to skin. So skin to skin immediately after birth is basically the baby was, is going to come out and they're going to go immediately onto your chest, however long that cord is. And they're going to hang out there and they're going to get dried off and all and wrapped up or a blanket sort of put over both of you so that baby can stay skin to skin with you until, you know, whenever they want to do weighing of the baby, which I highly encourage it to be into, you know, halfway through the second hour, not the first hour. But skin to skin, and we know um, from, you know, evidence-based information that uh, skin to skin helps calm and relax both the birthing parent and the baby. And that's because when you do skin to skin with your baby, your body is going to release oxytocin. And oxytocin is that love hormone. It makes everybody go, ah, and we love it. So it helps with that, which is also going to, um, that oxytocin is also going to help get, you know, that uterus contracting again a little bit to get the placenta out and get your, get feeding started and all of that stuff. We also know that skin to skin helps regulate baby's heart rate and breathing, um, which helps them sort of adapt from being on the inside to now being on the outside. And we know that the birthing parent will, or when the baby is skin to skin with the birthing parent, baby's heart rate while they're in utero, it's like really high. It's like 120, 150, 140, you know, in that range. Well, that obviously has to settle down a little bit um, when they come on the outside. And we know that when babies are skin to skin with the birthing parent, their heart rates will actually synchronize and their breathing will become more regular. So if any, so I had this one time where the baby was born by cesarean. So I wasn't in the cesarean itself. And the partner was able to do skin to skin in the OR, which was great. So this was a number of years ago. So I say that's great because this was a number of years ago and not something that was sort of routinely done. But we asked for it and and they were able to do it. So when they got into recovery, I was able to see them in recovery and baby was having some sort of elevated rapid breathing. So their their respiratory rate was actually a little bit higher than what they would what they would like. And or not a little bit higher, it was actually higher than what they would like. And I thought, oh my God, don't want to see this, you know, baby get um, taken to the NICU as a result. So I said, okay, well, I asked, is there any way that we can, that we can put, they were monitoring at this point. So they had the, the monitor on baby's foot. I said, can we put baby skin to skin on mom's chest to see if, to, to, you know, just get some skin to skin if something happens and, and baby has to be taken away. So the nurse was like, okay. 
So we stripped the, the birthing parent down on top and put baby skin to skin, um, got everybody sort of comfortable and wrapped a warm blanket around everybody. And baby's respiratory levels like almost remarkably, almost instantly normalized. And the nurse was like watching the monitors going, wow, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. Baby can stay there. And then at one point, um, I think they had to check her bleeding or her stitches or something like that or her wound. And they wanted to have baby sort of removed from the chest for a little bit. So went with dad and the respiratory rates increased again. And started to go up again so then once they were done they put baby back skin to skin and again everything like instantly calmed down and normalized so you know yeah there's there's your proof right there in that it does help sort of regulate baby's breathing their heart rate their rest their respirations um oxygen levels all of that stuff so super cool um Skin to skin also helps stimulate digestion and an interest in feeding. So having baby skin to skin, especially in the general area of, you know, the breasts, if you're choosing to breastfeed, this is really um, exciting for them and and helps to get feeding at the chest. Uh, That pre-feeding behavior uh, is encouraged. Regulates baby's temperature. This is one of the most amazing ones. So the, if your baby when they come out, they're basically going from like body temperature, so 96 degrees, uh, 97 degrees into basically probably 70 degree temperature. So there's a massive shift in their temperature changes. Keeping baby skin to skin helps to keep baby warm, warmer than if they were wrapped up in in an incubator. And with the birthing parent, the birthing parent is a Uh, what we call a thermal regulator. So your body will heat and cool depending on what your baby needs. So if your baby is too hot, your body is actually going to cool down and draw heat away from the baby. If your baby is too cold, your body will heat up in response to what baby needs. How incredibly cool is that? Um, And if you're having twins, this is actually, we are actually what you would call bilateral thermal regulators. So if baby was if you had both babies sort of on your chest, one on each side, if one baby was too hot, half of your body would cool down. And if the other baby was too cold, half of your body would heat up. Isn't that amazing? Um, So I don't know what happens with triplets, maybe your lap heats up or something, but we as a species were actually designed to have twins. So we have that mechanism to help uh, support each individual baby with what their temperature needs are. I had a client once, I had gone to their home to do their first uh, postnatal visit and baby was um, all sort of swaddled up and whatnot and asleep in the in the one area of the living room. It was sort of like, I guess it, it was a condo. So it was kind of like a closed in glass um, office type thing that they were using it for. But uh, so baby was, you know, nice and cozy and toasty in there. So when we unwrapped baby to bring baby to the birthing parent to feed, um, baby was really, really warm. So her body, when baby got skin to skin with her to feed, her body actually was dropping in temperature so rapidly, she actually started to shake. This is the bot. And that was like literally almost instantaneous that that was happening. And baby had been quite red because uh, they were really actually, sorry, I just dropped my phone. Um, they were really actually um, 
red-ish from being too warm. They'd overswaddled the baby, I think. The baby was too hot. Um, but her body instantly reacted to this and calmed things, calmed the baby's temperature down, and then baby was able to feed like a champ. Like, it was so cool to see that. Nature fascinates the crap out of me. Um, okay, what else do we have on this? Enables colonization of baby skin with mother-friendly bacteria, so thus providing effect, uh, protection against infection. So this is, you know, it helps colonize babies, gut flora, and immune system to whatever schmutz and germs and whatnot that you're bringing to the table. And that is incredibly important for our immune system. It also helps, you know, having baby close to you, skin to skin, if baby has come in contact with any germs, they're going to sort of rub off on you and potentially for you, um, your body will create the antibodies for that. So super cool. Stimulates the release of hormone and that hormone is oxytocin to help support uh, feeding baby at the chest and bonding. So for the most part, especially in that first hour or so uh, in the beginning, having baby skin to skin is not necessarily all about getting baby fed because they're not technically hungry at that point but what it is is to help keep them calm and to get that bonding started between the birthing parent and and baby um so talked about oxygen saturation uh assistant growth so we know we're always worried about babies gaining weight and things like that having baby skin to skin helps to uh create that situation for babies to put on more weight it can help uh, reduce your stay in the hospital. Um, and we do know that it helps with feeding baby at the chest as well. So it's going to help increase your milk supply. It's going to help get feeding started earlier, all of this stuff. It also helps with reducing postpartum mood disorders as well. And we know that, you know, since the pandemic, since, you know, lockdowns and things like that, we are having a higher incidences of postpartum mood disorders. And this can help with that. Now, I think skin to skin is incredibly important, not just for the birthing parent, but also for the partner as well. However, male parents or male partners, um, you have a bit of a time limit. So the baby, when they're with you, your body is not a thermal regulator. So your body isn't going to heat and cool depending on what baby needs. So what I would suggest is after about an hour, 90 minutes, you might start to feel a little bit hot and sweaty, which means baby's probably going to feel a little bit hot and sweaty as well. And babies can't regulate that. They're, they don't regulate their temperature through sweating. So if you're starting to get a little bit hot, you need to pass baby off onto the birthing parent or remove them from the skin to skin because you can potentially overheat baby at that point. But there's definitely hormonal benefits. There's definitely bonding benefits. Um, it gives the birthing parent a break and helps the partner bond with baby doing skin to skin with them. Um, sort of leaning back with baby on your chest is also, you know, not necessarily in the first couple of days, but can also be a form of tummy time for your baby as well. So 100% I think skin to skin is incredibly important for everybody and not just the birthing parent but for whoever wants to do it. Skin to skin should happen within minutes of birth or at least within the first hour if a cesarean birth becomes necessary and that's not possible until you know the second hour or the third hour don't worry about it 
just do what you can skin to skin we'd love it to be immediate but if it can't for whatever medical reason don't stress about it just keep that baby skin to skin whenever you're ready and it can i had a question uh actually last night in my class um what is how long can we do skin to skin for like for for how many months or whatever and I said, look, you can do skin to skin with your baby until it gets weird, <laughs> like until things start to feel weird. Um, then yeah, do skin to skin. It can be for one week olds, one month olds. Um, you know, sometimes just having that skin to skin connection with your child can be calming for them as well. So if you're good, whatever's comfortable for you, right? But most definitely, at least within that first hour, if you can, and then for however long afterwards that you want it to be, right? Um, yeah, I love skin to skin. I think skin to skin is the best thing ever. And I hope that you've been able to get through the first half of this podcast <laughs> and my crazy life and were able to get the benefit of this portion of it. So have you had experience with skin to skin? Have you, um, are you, do you love it? Do you hate it? Um, yeah. Tell me, tell me what your thoughts are. Tell me how you're managing things in this pandemic in, if you are in the sandwich generation. Um, yeah. All right. I hope everybody has a good day. I hope you, stay safe. I hope if you are choosing to get vaccinated, you are well on your way to either getting vaccinated or getting your second one. And always remember to stay safe. Um, and just know that, you know what, as I've always said, if you're going into this with love, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Have a good one, everybody.